Hello, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to See the Sunrise. This is season three and episode nine. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. It's in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33 and verse three, where the Lord speaks to the prophet while he's in prison. He says to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see what God is doing behind the scenes, as well as in the lives of everyday people like you and me. From the pulpit to the pew, we all have had various challenges and experiences that bring us to a need for Christ in our lives. This week, I wanna speak to you about discipleship and moreover, the challenges of becoming a disciple. Why discipleship? Well, after Easter and everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, but those who may have been reared in the church recognize the importance of attending service on Easter Sunday because they recognize that that is why we celebrate Easter. It is the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So what better day to come than on Easter Sunday? But then I got to thinking and the spirit compelled me, well, Easter's over now, what? Well, the call of Christ has not ended. He's called us to be disciples. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1, we read, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. This message is being given to a church at Corinth, but it's a message that applies to all or anyone who desires to follow after Jesus. The apostle Paul didn't just tell people what to do, but he also put it into action. He put into action what he learned about Christ and he was demonstrating exactly what it meant to follow Christ. It's one thing to tell people to follow Jesus when it's modeled by someone who wholeheartedly followed him. But what about when that person that's telling you to follow them as they follow Christ isn't demonstrating the same qualities and characteristics as Christ? I thought I'd share a bit of my own journey of conversion, but I wanna first start with the Apostle Paul. We all need examples and having people who have committed to being like Jesus, they make it easier to see that we too can be like him. When you hear follow me as I follow Christ, it is a call to dedicate your life to him and to find what true joy and happiness really is. Living in a world where godliness is hard to find, how does one find a godly example? We are influenced by the people around us and it is hard to exercise discipleship when there's no one or no love or fear of God around. I often wondered how Paul was able to exercise godliness when sin was prevalent around him. As I considered it, it wasn't Paul at all, but the power in Paul that enabled him to demonstrate the attributes of Christ. It was what he learned and experienced in Christ that led him to become in the powerful example that he is today. If you go back to the days before Paul's conversion, you really might think or thought he was living a godly life. He was trained well by one of the best. However, there was something he was missing and it was a significant piece and it had to be revealed to him. Sometimes people can't tell you about Christ. Sometimes they have to show you Christ. 
It was going to take seeing and hearing Jesus that was going to bring Saul, which was Paul's former name prior to being converted, to the understanding and the wisdom of who Christ was and who God was calling him to be. Now, some might say that Paul was a sinner before his conversion experience. Well, I asked the question, was he? Well, that's worth examining. Was he really a sinner or was he operating unaware that his religiosity, I mean, being overly religious, was far from the truth of God? He had no reason to search for deeper meaning because he believed what he was doing was the right thing to do. Saul was persecuting people who followed something called the way. And that is what people called people who followed Christ during Paul's time or Saul's time, we'll say. It was how the early followers of Christ were referred to. And the way is mentioned countless times in the Bible, specifically in the book of Acts. The thought that those who followed the way came from Jesus's own statement, they believe, found in John 14 and 6, which is when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Saul, for lack of a better word, was a religious zealot. He knew the rules and he knew the laws, but he was given over to violence and unrelenting persecution. If it didn't fit into his understanding, then it was a no-go. While I'm not trying to give you a history lesson here, it is important to understand the background and how one can go from a life driven by parental customs to a new life in Christ. We're significantly influenced by our parents, our backgrounds, your parents, their proclivities, their behaviors, the things they liked or disliked. They tend to shape who we are or who you are, good or bad. And sometimes it is who we become. Saul's parents were Pharisees and these Pharisees were people who strictly followed the law of Moses. The thought that he could be influenced by Gentiles based on his education and upbringing wasn't a consideration because Gentiles were considered impure due to their lack of observance of purity laws. Now, depending on how you grew up, your environment plays a large part or a huge part in your view of others. Saul was well-educated, he was multilingual, and he was a Roman citizen. In other words, Saul was quite privileged. He was trained by the best, he was a lawyer, but he was headed down a path of religious extremism. There is so much more I could share of Saul's life or Paul, Saul before he became Paul, but the most important thing to note is God can save anyone. God can change anyone. With all that Paul could have touted, his education, his skill, his acquaintances, to convert others to Christianity, instead, he chose the route of humility and love, which made him a powerful witness. He could have talked about how well-educated he was. He could have talked about his skill. He could have talked about who he knew. Instead, he chose to be humble, to convey love. And that made him more powerful a witness than any of the background and training he'd received. We like seeing powerful people admit to wrongdoing and moving into a place of understanding. Paul shows us that we don't have to be perfect, but we do need to be open. No one knows everything, but what you do know about Christ is worth sharing. His example is to use what you have, use what you know. So how do you become a disciple? How do you become a follower, of a, a follower of Christ? Are there practical things or does it require extensive study or money and time? 
I'm going to give you some steps that I think can help anyone who truly seeks and desires to be a witness, a disciple, and how to walk it out daily. Paul's transforming moment came when he encountered Christ. So for that first step, I would say, look for him. In other words, seek him. You can't follow who you do not know. I thought I knew God, but I only had an idea of God. Knowing God means having a clear understanding of who he is. He is the creator of the universe and he is alive today. And he lives in the hearts of believers through the power of his Holy Spirit. When I realized this, I realized what step two was, which was surrender to him. It means letting go of your plans to follow his direction. My life was a wreck and man's methods weren't working. So I had nothing left. I I want to encourage you, however, don't allow yourself to get to that point. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of us need before we really begin to understand our life is not our own and we're not in control. You don't want to get to rock bottom because sometimes rock bottom creates a really hard climb up. (laughs) And I was, I'm afraid of heights. (laughs) Next thing or next step I, I learned was I had to get to know him. So I had to seek him. I had to surrender to him. And I surrendered, not really knowing all of who he was. And I still don't because we grow every day in Christ. But I had to get to know him. People I have a relationship with is because I got to know them through spending time with them. We get to know Christ by reading his word and opening our hearts to hearing him. And he guides us or, and he will guide you as you learn more and more about his nature and his will for you. Answering the why am I here question. And many people have that question today. I had that question and I, I was walking through life, life aimlessly. Yeah, you have life goals and career goals, but somehow, sometimes those don't really meet that internal need that you're searching for. We get to know him by reading our Bible and meditating on his word and praying and worshiping. You can't forget that God is a spirit and we worship him in spirit and in truth. And he is so real, even when the body is gone. The spirit lives on and it is our spirit that is connecting with his spirit that demonstrates how real and active he is. And he wants to be in our lives. Additionally, hearing the testimony of others helps us to get to know him and find that he is no respecter of persons. He loves everyone without exception. And hearing others' testimonies gives us hope that we too can have that same kind of relationship but even greater. The next step I would say, connect with like-minded believers. You may have heard the phrase, iron sharpens iron. Well, it's true. During my conversion period, I had a hunger for the Lord. I couldn't get enough of him. And so I voraciously sought Bible study classes or Sunday school or sermons or music, anything that connected with the encounter I had had, because I wanted to keep whatever that fire was that got started. I wanted to keep that fire blazing. And yes, it felt like fire. And I had a friend who too had that same fire for God. And we grew together. Although we do not have the same calling, we have that same deep seated love for Christ. And then talk about him. When someone does something good for you, you want to tell others about it. You're not trying to convince them of his realness because the way you walk and the way you carry out your life, that in itself will demonstrate uh, who he is and what he is to you. 
Jesus isn't someone you want to keep to yourself. You should want to tell everybody because he can meet everyone's need at the same time. And you may find that you don't even have the same need because Jesus really is enough. That is why Paul could preach in chains. He was, he could preach while in prison. He could preach even, he continued to preach even when stoned. It didn't matter because what he found was so much greater than anything, any person or situation he had ever experienced in life before. His love for Christ was deep seated and he was willing to die for what he believed. The other noteworthy thing about Paul is that he never looked back. He'd done some horrific things in his life. You remember, may remember, where he held the coat of Stephen while he was stoned to death. And if it were in our, if he were in our world today, people would often point out Paul's indiscretions. They would point out him watching Stephen and all of that. But Paul knew that in order for him to move forward with power, he had to forget the past because the past would only serve to hold him back from the purpose Christ had for him. I need you to hear that, brothers and sisters. You may have tripped or you may have stumbled, but yet you can't look back in, in, in the past. You got to keep moving forward and you got to believe in the grace and mercy of God that he really is real and He everything he says is true. And he says, if you confess your sins, that he was faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness and he can reestablish you and make you a bold and powerful witness for him. And that's what Paul or who Paul was and is. It's in Philippians 3, 13 through 14, we hear, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and I reach forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's what holds people back. When people won't let go of who you used to be with the objective of pulling you back to the place of sin and shame because they live in sin and shame. But that's not to pronounce judgment. It's for us to see how Christ has changed us and how in that humility we can rise up and be a bold witness for him. But when you know Christ, when you know of his grace and mercy, when you know he can forgive you and restore you, then you won't be held back. You will be able to say, I'm a sinner (laughs) saved by grace. And we all are. No one can hold up a banner claiming to be sinless, and there is no one sin bigger than the other. According to the book of Romans, he says, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then he goes on to say, and all are justified freely by his grace through the the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. We have a universal need for God, and God extends to us a universal offer. We are all in a sinful state, but God's unmerited favor gives us what we certainly do not deserve. It sounds simple, but it can be hard. It's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. But if you know Christ, I'm going to tell you, it's a pill worth swallowing. Jesus provides us with a fresh anointing, a cleansing water that purifies us and delivers us from evil. It reminds me of the woman at the well where She asked for some living water. She was a woman who was experiencing loneliness and isolation and judgment. But it's a story of how Jesus came in and gave her new life. It was at the place of desperation where she lacked hope that she was given a life anew. 
to be able to start over again. That's discipleship. Jesus called sinners to discipleship, to a life of commitment and sacrifice. Becoming a disciple of Christ is the best decision you will ever make in your life. You don't have to be perfect. In fact, I believe it is the imperfect person that makes the best disciple. Saul's life demonstrates that no one is beyond redemption and that the Lord is full of grace and that his grace is extended to all who believe in him. Doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus's arms are wide open. You got to believe his word. You got to get to know him. You got to seek him. You got to surrender to him. You got to get to know him. You want to connect with other believers, like-minded believers, and then you want to talk about him. God tells us as his arms are open and we're thinking of the things we've done in the past and the things that we've done to hurt and shame the gospel of Christ and the cross, he tells us in Romans 8 and 1, he said, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You got to know the word. You got to hear the word. You got to believe the word. Jesus wants you. He needs you. And most of all, the world needs him. Until next time, brothers and sisters, blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you all. And be sure to look around and see the sunrise, the S-O-N rise, to see Christ in everyday situations.